This is the ultimate baddie, Miss Layla Gray, and you're listening to the OVW Podcast. Get it? Got it? Good. Welcome to the OVW Podcast, the unofficial podcast, the unofficial, the very unofficial podcast for Ohio Valley Wrestling. I am the last outlaw, Jack Minokes. And I am Truth Magnum's biological father, Brian Hines. Today we are getting into all the action from OVW television number 1262, emanating live from Historic Davis Arena on October 19th, 2023. We usually will catch up with this on Fight TV, very uh, useful resource for the OVW fan, very useful useful resource for us here at the OVW Podcast, the unofficial OVW Podcast. But last night, Brian... We were there live. We were in person, baby. Uh, it was... We hadn't been to an OVW show together since the first week of recording this podcast. That's true. It seems like forever ago, but uh, there we were. It was technically, guys here in the studio it's technically before we even started the podcast like we did our ovw one podcast one was an episode two weeks after we all went together to that first really one. yeah it, it was, was undocumented thank you producer tiny brian wow uh, you're very well keeping us keeping us on on uh, the rails here but yeah this was the first time that we had gone in in a long time longer than both of us had even thought and it's funny to look back at not only how much this podcast has changed and what we've been able to do, but how much OVW has changed, not just on television, but we got to see it firsthand from a live experience. Oh, absolutely. Leaps and bounds. We've grown by leaps and bounds as a podcast, and the OVW has grown by leaps and bounds uh, since we've started this podcast in the last uh, two months, especially since uh, Wrestlers came out on Netflix. It's the vibe there is is different. There's energy in the air. There's electricity mm-hmm. crackling. And uh, last night was turned up just a little bit higher than usual because it is spooky season and we're getting ready to go to the uh, No Rest for the Wicked pay-per-view this, this coming Saturday. Yeah, and we will be there, of course, in person as well. But, I mean, even just... We, we went to the big one, which was a fantastic show. A lot yes, of it was. A lot of fun. Great action. Um, one of the best. It'll go down as one of my favorite OVW shows just because I will always kind of remember it being the beginning of this podcast. Yes. Um, but even walking in, the crowd was a little different. It wasn't the type of people that you usually see there, the people that you see there every time you go, the people that you're used to seeing on television. Sure, the regulars. The lighting inside of OVW Davis Arena was noticeably better from the moment the door opened. Yes. Um, and then, of course, they they have sponsorships. They've got a new ring uh, curtain. They've got decorations up. And the crowd is is really, really great. It's a lot of fun. Sometimes, and I'm, I'm guilty of this myself, sometimes wrestling fans can get a little jaded, especially when you go live all the time. Uh, it was nice to see those new faces out there who brought a new energy and kind of as an old cynical jaded wrestling fan kind of reminds you like oh this thing is supposed to be fun <laughs> they definitely offered a breath of fresh air and new enthusiasm to uh the crowd that uh we've encountered week after week time after time when we've been able uh to make it to davis arena and fortunate enough to go and it's just refreshing to see and especially now you know it's getting towards the end of the year and it's spooky season which is one of my favorite times of year uh 
they had the place all decked out and everybody was in the Halloween spirit and it was just such a wonderful time last night. And we sat very close to Gracie, uh, who <laughs> yes, we did. was a lot of fun throughout the night just to watch. You know, Gracie kind of became an overnight sensation because of the wrestlers documentary on uh, Netflix. Um, she was a lot of fun to watch. And I have a Gracie story that I will tell any listener off mic, but I will not repeat on mic. So if you see us out and about, um, you see us at Historic Davis Arena or another live um, OVW event, or you see Brian stopping for a cup of coffee, ask him, and uh, or ask me if you see us out, and we'll t- I'll tell you a great, a good Gracie story. Well, if people are going to stop me and ask me, you're going to have to tell me off mic first because I don't remember what that was. There was so much going on last night. Yeah, I will. I will remind. I will. It's a very good one. <laughs> I know the story, guys, and I, I'm pretty glad that we're not going to tell it on mic, honestly. But yes, it, it's worth your time to catch one of us and ask us about it off mic, and we'll tell you, Brian. It, it's good. The oh, okay. uh, And we would also like to welcome, this is a new thing that we're going to try for the next few weeks, uh, at least, until we see how good or bad it works, uh, releasing on Saturday morning. So if you're joining us on a Saturday morning for the first time, we appreciate you downloading. If you are uh, a new listener or a returning listener, we appreciate you spending your time with us. There's a thousand things you could be spending your audio time with, and you're here with me and Brian, and that does mean a lot. Yeah, thank you so much. We certainly appreciate every single one of you. And if Saturday works for you, you can find us on all of your favorite social medias. Tell us if Saturday works better for you. If you want us to go back to Tuesdays, let us know. Let us know how the podcast sounds. Let us know if we're boring the shit out of you. Just engage with us on social media a little bit so that you can bother uh, producer Brian and my co-host Brian because I don't have any of it set up on my phone. So annoy the shit out of these guys on social media. The only one of the three of us who is smart enough to avoid social media. The other two, well, we're here and that's kind of how it is, I guess. But since this is being released on a Saturday... Uh, On Monday afternoon, or on Tuesday morning, rather, uh, our usual release time, you will hear a full recap uh, covering the upcoming Ohio Valley Wrestling pay-per-view event, No Rest for the Wicked. That's on uh, Tuesday, October 24th. Still time to find it on Fight TV by the time, uh, or not Tuesday, October 24th, I'm sorry, Saturday, October 21st. Saturday, October 21st. Our coverage will be on Tuesday, October 4th. 24th. But if you're hearing this, there is still time to find uh, the pay-per-view on Fight TV for Saturday night, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yes, and that is October 21st and not October 28th as reported by Paul White. (laughs) Right, yeah. Just so we're clear because uh, he he got states wrong last night during the program. And uh, if you're following along at home, kids, it's this Saturday, not next Saturday. Next Saturday is a good weekend to go out and do scary things and get dressed up. But this weekend, well, it's also good for that. But if you want to watch a really good pay-per-view, this is your place. We've also teased this uh, in previous posts, but we will have new exciting formats and new content coming out on that regular Tuesday spot um, since it will no longer be the weekly recap show spot. And I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we're looking forward to trying some new things for you guys and for ourselves as well. Um, We do have, in terms of new content, speaking of new content, there was an interview with the baddie Miss Layla Gray that went up this past Thursday on our feed. And next week we will have an interview with Certified Dilute Curtis going up on that same feed on Thursday morning. Both of those were so much fun to record. I yeah, I have, was just getting ready to say I had a wonderful time speaking with both of them. Layla Gray was an absolute pleasure and uh, so was Certified Luke Curtis. I was 
thrilled that they were both able to take some time out and come speak with us. Thank you both so very much. And I look forward to hearing that interview that will be out next week. Yeah, and that we have more lined up. We have more recorded. We have more lined up down the road. So be sure to stick, uh, stick around, listen to us for updates, pay attention to our feed so you can see those, those um, interviews go up. And to be honest, the one that we just most recently did, who will will reveal, I think, at the I'll reveal at the end of this show. So you stick around for that. Um, was my favorite, my personal favorite one that we've done so far. So um, be sure to stick around and find out who our very amazing guest was on that uh, post that will be going up in a couple of weeks. That's a lot. That's a lot more catch up than we usually do at the beginning of the show. Well, there was a, a lot to talk about. There I, was. Had a, I had a great time last night. The people that uh, we met were all so friendly, and uh, we had a lot of people just come up and talk to us and say that uh, you know you're doing a great job and you know keep it up. And it, I just want to say that I, I can't believe I can't begin to tell you how much that mm-hmm. means to Jackman and I. It to, was to Have somebody come up and or more than one person come up and say good luck, good job on the podcast and keep it up. We just want to say thank you for all the kind words and support. Uh, that was really, really appreciated. So lots of new um, content coming down the road and some of the content that you've come to hopefully love and expect from us. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to turn that out as well. But now that we've done, we're done catching up, up next, we will begin our recap of OVW 12 Vision 1262. Thank you. Hey guys, Tony Brian back here with you one more time to talk about the only other podcast we currently produce at Nuthouse Studios, Bluegrass Homefront. So Bluegrass Homefront is Kentucky Music and Stories. We talk to people from all over Kentucky. We, we talked to a rogue cheese maker. Um, she was one of our favorite guests. Uh, she was bucking the government and the system and making illegal cheese, and and we had to get in there and and learn all about it. It was a fun day, let me tell you. Uh, You can find that in the Bluegrass Homefront feed, along with dozens and dozens of Kentucky artists playing music for Kentuckians. Uh, If you are a Kentuckian, or if you are aware of the state of Kentucky, Bluegrass Homefront is for you. Bluegrasshomefront.com, everywhere you get your podcast, just search for Bluegrass Homefront. Season three coming soon. Now back to the OVW podcast already in progress. Illegal cheese, huh? Sounds like there's a good story behind that. Uh, let's cut that one, Malachi. We'll cut that joke right out of the uh, right out of the thing there, Malachi. Thank you. We'll go ahead. I'll get the clap for you so you know where it is. Uh, yeah, Bluegrass Homefront. We're gonna start. With, this is a clean cut. Three, two, one. Bluegrass Homefront. What a great podcast that is. We can't wait to be on it one day. Sure. Um, once, once maybe I read through that, that book that we got at Davis Arena last night, I'll come in with some good, uh, Kentucky centric wrestling stories. We'll see. Maybe that'll work out. Uh, get a little brand synergy going on producer, tiny Brian. So point of fact the we did buy that book, Brewgrass Brawlers, mm-hmm. John Cooley, I think is the author of it. Cooley. He followed us this morning on social media randomly. So and mm-hmm. I don't have a way to say thank you. How oddly so, specific. So, OVW match one, short match, three minutes, 45 seconds. Uh, or it starts at three minutes, 45 seconds in if you're keeping up at home. Um, they get bundles. We've always kind of seen as 
a threat in OVW. His storyline was pretty abruptly dropped. We, uh, with Eric Darkstorm, we touched last week on the, our recap podcast that Eric Darkstorm was no longer with Ohio Valley Wrestling. We feel pretty confident about that. Um, Tony Gunn has kind of taken to being the first match of the night over the last few weeks. Can't complain about that. No, it's uh, always a great way to start off the show with Shotgun Tony Gunn. Uh, I love how when he's on his way to the ring, he uh, he drops down to one knee and kind of looks off into the distance like he's tracking a buck or something like that and takes a, a slug out of the, the flask that he keeps in his vest. It's uh, very true to home to uh, all the hunters that I know back in Ohio. But uh, it was a pretty quick match, and uh, Tony Gunn came out on top. Although it wasn't for uh, lack of trying from to get bungles, bu- bundles, excuse me, but uh, uh, overall, uh, Shotgun Tony Gun came out with the win. Sometimes they talk about like the airport test in wrestling. It's like whenever there's a group of people that are all kind of faceless, you want someone that's gonna really stand out. Uh, they get bundles is like the the he he. I don't know if the airport test is the right thing, but there's something about the guy that makes him look very physically imposing. Um, airport test. Yeah, yeah. Like that, you're not going to make it through security or something, or uh, I did. He. I don't want to speak to that. I don't want to speak to Daygate Bundle's ability to travel on uh, international or national. I flights. just wasn't familiar with the term. But well, it just means it's a very old school kind of way of you want someone that if you're in a crowd of people, most of the people are nameless and faceless, uh, like at an airport. Everyone's bustling around. Everyone's kind of the same. You don't care about anybody, but you see one person that sticks out, and you say, "Whoa." That's what um, kind of in wrestling they talk about. Do you pass the airport test? Do when people see you, are they astonished by you? Basically, hmm. I think they get bundles does have kind of uh, that going for him. Like he he is very memorable. He's very physically imposing. He moves a little slow. You can tell his body's a little beat up, but somehow that kind of works better for what he has going on. He's a bit methodical and just like dangerous, right? Very slow and imposing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Tony Gunn, the best there is, as his theme song will remind us, uh, stands up, they get bundles, loses, Tony Gunn wins with the kill shot, as has put out so many other of his foes over the last few weeks. And that brings us to the, the next section where uh, we're getting ready to talk about the uh, the tag team tournament. And there were video vignettes from uh, all the participants from the uh, three-way tag match, the Fallen, uh, Manny Domingo and Star Rider, and the Destroyers, who were really fired up for this match last night in their promo. Yeah, that uh, that three-man tag, or three-team tag, uh, was the main event of Hour 1. Um, so we'll see how that shakes out um, as we kind of go through more of this recap of last night's action. Um, the second match of the evening was Riley Matthews and Hollywood Haley J. Riley Matthews kind of uh, spunky up and comer. It's kind of, I think, what she has going. That's the story that she's tried to portray to the audience. She's very colorful. Yes, very colorful. A lot of movement, a lot of uh, pandering, a lot of fun to watch. I think she's she's a little uh, green on the vine, so to speak, but... uh, I, I do enjoy something about her. There is kind of a thing about her where I, I root for her, even though I know logically when you go up against Hollywood Ailey J and you're Riley Matthews, 
you're not going to win that match. She gave her a hell of a run for her money, though. I'll tell tell you that. Um, we Haley has been, um, I guess, working full time as a wrestler for some time now, and it shows. She is crisper and cleaner than I've ever seen her be, and uh, it's kind of incredible. She's uh, nailing transition spots that I'd never seen her kind of do before. She's like her rolls are very very tight, um, and her intensity and her aggression is just like off the charts. Um, you can tell that she's putting in a lot of work trying to get to that uh, so-called next level of wrestling. Um, and off the back of the Netflix series, who can blame her for kind of trying to put all of her eggs in that basket of wrestling full-time professionally? No, oh, sure. And uh, she's, you know, every time you turn around, she is just a little bit uh, quicker. She's uh, like the transitions are a little bit smoother. Uh, the intuition on what your mm-hmm. opponent's going to do is, is just a little bit sharper and, uh, you know, just always improving and always a, a, a delight to watch whenever she's in the ring. And the two biggest pops of the night were Hollywood. Yeah. When she, like, that crowd is so behind her and wants nothing but success for her. It's, and it's, it's, across, it's not just, like, one section of the crowd. Because, like, sometimes when you go to a wrestling show, certain people r- root for certain types of people. You always have, like, contrarians who only root for heels. And then, like, some people are obviously kind of uh, there for, like, the younger audience, the kid audience. You know, when Hollywood comes out, it is cross, across the board pop. Um, they just love her at Davis Arena. And it's fun to be a part of that. It's fun to watch that. It's fun to be in that kind of crowd. Yeah, that kind of uh, enthusiasm is contagious. Mm-hmm. And if if you were there and uh, Hollywood Haley J is in the ring, you'll feel that enthusiasm and you will get caught up in it as well. We had a little small on kind of behind the scenes of the podcast. We had an interaction with Hollywood Haley J this past week. Um, and we would like to confirm that it's all real. The, what you saw in the Netflix series, what you see in the ring, what you get uh, behind the scenes, it's all Haley J, 100% of the time. Was that yep. fair to say? That was very accurate. I what you see is what you get. I, I didn't have as much of an interaction with her as, as you did or some of the other people that work on the, the uh, podcast did, our producer, our senior producer. Uh, but it was very obvious from the small interactions that I did have. What you see with her is 110% what you get. And that's been the case with uh, most of these people. Mm-hmm. They're, they're very authentic. Yeah. Very, and very authentic. I, uh, I wasn't sure what to expect when uh, we started to interview uh, the folks from Ohio Valley Wrestling. And I have um, had nothing but great things to say. And everybody's been super positive yes, and pretty really. much like you figured they would be based on uh, the wrestler series from Netflix. Uh, the impetus for us going to the show last night was on Wednesday evening, OVW social media put out that they were going to have a very special guest in the form of Paul White. No yes. more, no more BS Paul White. Uh, the crowd, maybe this didn't translate on television, but since we were there, we can kind of tell our insight on it. The moment the man steps through the ring, what do the crowd start chanting? Uh, well, I mean, most people being creatures of habit start chanting Big Show because that's what he was affectionately known as in the WWE for several years. But uh, that's not what he goes by now. And uh, when they started uh, chanting Big Show, that had 
to be uh, addressed rather quickly in short fashion. Whoa, 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 guys. No, 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 none of that, I yeah. think was the exact quote. Uh, just kind of like one of those things. I don't I don't know how well it translated over television, but since we were there, it was like a genuine, funny, like, moment. Like, Yeah, you know, the, like, the look on he, his face when he was making the, uh, the cutting motion at his neck was like uh, maybe... Oh God! You just stepped in wet cement, or Oh God! Your your dog just peed on the carpet. That or, kind of thing. Or like they're right behind me, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that that kind of like no 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 don't nope, don't nope. stop doing what you're saying. Um, <laughs> another thing we we mentioned this earlier in the recap, but he didn't get the uh, the pay per view announcement right uh, no, the date right. He said it was the twenty eighth, and I mean you're on live TV and you you say the wrong day, you kind of have to just roll with it. So Al's smile never left his face, but his eye expression changed very <laughs> very subtly whenever he got the date wrong. But it's fine. Like we we say that on this podcast all the time, it's live television, it's live wrestling. Yeah, it's not ever going to be perfect in a ballet. Um. One thing kind of, and I know we don't really like to talk about the big guys here, but I'm going to do it just as a wrestling fan. Uh, Paul White was there to promote an upcoming All Elite Wrestling show in Louisville at the Yum Center. And one of the things that he did was give away a code for buy one, get one tickets. So if you missed the show last night and you're an AEW fan, first off, there's buy one, get one tickets for uh, All Elite Wrestling in Louisville, upcoming All Elite Wrestling show in Louisville. but the wider discourse of online wrestling right now is about AEW's ticket sales. Take, this is all I want to say about it. Take from it what you will that they send a Hall of Fame talent like Paul White to a 400-person arena to give away buy one, get one tickets to a upcoming event. Take for that what you will, what you think that that means about AEW ticket sales. I have my opinion Again, maybe this is something we could talk about in person. If you, dear listener, ever want to speak to me in person, I just want to put that out there for the general wrestling audience. You send Paul White to a 400-person arena to give away buy one, get one tickets to an upcoming event. That, that was the entire reason he was there. There was no angle. I think he did a little bit of commentary. Just want to put that out there. Up next was TW3 versus Kyle Hero. Guys, hang on. There was a little bit more business in that match. Oh, you- oh yeah. There was. So he did, if you'll remember, Al came out with the Country Boy Brewing Kentucky Heavyweight Championship over his shoulder. Yes, because he had some unfortunate Sorry. news about uh, our, our friend of the show, Crixus. Over the weekend, he was in a match with Jay De Niro and was injured. And sadly, that means that uh, Crixus will have to forfeit the title, which mm. means that it is up for grabs. And that presented a different situation with one of our other favorite uh, uh, people here in the studio, uh, Superior Tony Evans, who uh, came out right. demanding it. Well, and I would like to point out very interesting that it was in a match with Jay De Niro that Crixus got injured, got a a uh, hmm. career pausing injury. Not seems a little uh, fortuitous for. But yeah, Tony uh, Evans to a suspect not? degree. Yeah, maybe um, that loaded baked potato glove was. Uh, well, he was on to something with that, and that's what did it. But since that title, the Kentucky Country Boy Heavyweight Championship, has been vacated, Tony Evans obviously has, for no good reason, expected a shot out of it for several weeks. Star Rider, though, uh, Rush Division alum, kind of one of the more liked guys on the entire roster, has a rightful claim as number one 
contender contender for that uh, championship title. So this Saturday night uh, at No Rest for the Wicked, there'll be a match between Tony Evans and Star Rider. That's going to be a good match. Pairing I did not see coming, but one that I'm very excited to see. Yes, I am too. That'll be a good match. I'm uh, a big fan of uh, Superior Tony Evans and a uh, big fan of Star Rider too, so we'll just see how that shakes out. And sometimes with OVW, especially with title matches, you can kind of see where things are going, or at least I like to think that I can see where things are going. With this one, I really don't know. Mm, I, I really don't either. It, it's going to be hard to say. I don't know whether I have a prediction yet for who I think will win this match, but uh, I'm, I'm certainly glad I'm going to be there to see it in person. I can say that. Uh, so after that, now that we've kind of cleaned up, sorry, I was so busy trying to muckrake that I didn't even uh, read my notes attentively. Shame on you. I know. It definitely wasn't the bourbon that I had that came straight out of a barrel right before we sat down to record this. Irrelevant. Um, Irrelevant. <laughs> uh, TW3 and Cal Hero, these guys go way back. They're both from Wisconsin. Uh, I would assume that they, this is definitely, we've seen them wrestle each other. This is definitely not the first match that they've had in OVW. And I would assume not the, you know, one of a long string of matches uh, that they've had against each other in their career. Um, Cal Hero is still that kind of beat down, dejected Cal Hero that we saw last week against Ryan Von Rocket. Uh, yeah, it's noticeably different. Uh, the, it's like somebody stole his dog. Uh, he's just so tore up about what happened to Linda Kay. And I, I totally understand that. But mm-hmm. Cal, I need to take a second to speak to you directly. It wasn't your fault. Accidents happen. Uh, she was more than willing to be part of the match. And that wasn't on you. And it was just one of those things, wrong place, wrong time. I'm hoping that she'll be back soon. She'll have a speedy recovery, but don't beat yourself up over it, man. Well, and for a champion to lose two weeks in a row, um, I get it, kind of Ryan Von Rocket's goofy. Um, you never know what he's going to pull out. That's who Cal lost to last week. You never know who he's gonna pull, what he's going to pull out, what he's going to do. He plays a lot of head games, and if you're off for a week, um, maybe Ryan Von Rocket can get over you, but you can't tell me that Cal Hero didn't know exactly who TW3 was uh, walking into this match, not only through personal experience, but him really taking it to the limit with the NWA Heavyweight Champion EC3 last week. Cal Hero has to know. TW3 is a real threat. And Undoubtedly, it, yes. But like you said, this thing with Linda Kay that kind of happened that was orchestrated by Adam Revolver and Shannon the Dude sticks with him. TW3 is able to take uh, use that to his advantage, and, and he beats Cal Hero. That's two losses. Like I said, two losses in two weeks for a champion on television. That's rough, man. That is. That's a rough way to go. But, uh, I mean, congratulations, TW3. You did a great job, and you got the win over Cal Hero, and hopefully that means that at some point you will be getting a match for the uh, Rush Division Championship. Uh, so congratulations are in order there, but mm-hmm. Cal. Absolutely. And TW3 deserves it, man. He's, he's been on, I think early on in our recordings, I described TW3 as not being able to buy a win. The guy's on a hot streak right now. He is. Um, so absolutely. He deserves a shot at that title and he probably deserves a reign with that title if we're being hundred percent honest. But, um, after the match, Adam Revolver comes out to confront Cal Hero, um, <laughs> goes right for the bone. Yeah. You don't have a mother. Yeah, that 
just hitting below the belt. I strangely don't have as much as a wrestling fan problem with this heat as I do like the like Linda K belongs in a kitchen heat. Um, but Cal is like so actually sympathetic, and I care about the character of Cal Hero so much that that one really kind of sucked. Kinda yeah, and <laughs> I mean, it kind of snapped yeah. him out of that funk he's been yeah. in, and uh, he uh, he was angry. And it was good to see him angry, and hopefully that anger will uh, snap him out of that uh, depression that he's in. Because once uh, Adam Revolver said that, it turned into an episode of Benny Hill where they were chasing each other around the ring, mm-hmm. and I could hear the saxophone in my head. And uh, yeah, uh, Cal Hero was pissed. Yeah, and more, and rightly so. It's not. This won't be the last thing that we hear of Cal Hero and Adam Revolver either for the rest of the night. Absolutely not. Um, the main event of Hour 1 is a match between Manny and Starrider and the Destroyers and the Fallen. Uh, Luscious Lawrence and Omar Amir, Wet Dream Tag Team, Beaches and Cream were on commentary for that match. Uh, came out looking smooth, looking luscious. They did. Opulent and radiant. Um, great to see them on commentary. We've been so used to it kind of being the Luke Curtis show on commentary. It's nice to see other people kind of get the opportunity to sit behind the desk. Um, the Fallen, obviously, I've commented on Nephilim and some of the other guys with the Fallen before. They don't win. So, of course, they're out on this match first. The Destroyers do a great job of never entering the match until after the first team has been eliminated. Just kind of classic tactic of cutting down on what they have to do, what cutting down on their workload, um, after the destroyers or after the fallen are eliminated, uh, the destroyers go full force against Manny and star rider who are physically much smaller opponents for the destroyers. Yeah. The destroyers were easily the, the biggest team in this match. And, uh, oddly enough, I was really pulling for the fallen this time. Really? I was because, uh, I mean, I, I like, supernatural characters i always have um and they definitely fit the bill as far as that goes it's spooky season and i really just felt like um they would have added a lot to the uh tag team tournament on saturday but unfortunately they didn't make it past uh manny domingo and star rider and the destroyers so uh, it is a missed opportunity not to have your supernatural act on your halloween pay-per-view that who knows maybe because maybe they, will be, they, yeah. they didn't win that match last night maybe they will feel uh, spurned and will interfere with the tag team tournament on uh, Saturday who knows though time will tell it always does this was just perfectly played by the destroyers though they let the uh, Manny and Star Rider tucker themselves out against the fallen went in used their size and their brutality to um, win the match and cement their place in the nightmare cup which was a very solid plan on their part. Yeah. And uh, that just goes to show you what a season tag team they are. Right. Love, that, exactly. Got to love that ring awareness. Got to love that That um, just we're here to win. We're not getting paid by the move. We're not getting paid by the minute. We're here to win. We're here to win gold. We want to get to the Nightmare Cup. Yeah. And Big Zoe and Gnarls are built like tanks, and they just rolled through everybody else in that match pretty easily. First match of Hour 2 is between Ryan Von Rocket. He is, of course, joined by his valets. Crystal and Katie. Crystal and Katie. 
Um, and then there's a match. Uh, he's facing Truth Magnum. Uh, he is joined by the equally as sexually attractive, uh, equally as, as good-looking Valet Turbo Floyd. Um, very, a lot of Gaga in this match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> like, this is um, less like a match between two wrestlers and more like a... Um, like, uh, my guy can beat up your guy playground, uh, fight. Like, no dude, like Axl Rose would totally beat up Hulk Hogan or whatever. Like, yeah, you know, like this is, this is not necessarily wrestling. This is a, a late eighties fever dream of a match. Um, yeah, you've got the, uh, the, the hairband guitar player versus, um, the, uh, the eighties turbo jet ski uh, enthusiast and uh, there was a lot of spinning involved yeah and uh, a lot of hoopla and it it was a match and it was a good match but there was also a lot of uh, silliness with it as well and uh, that that made for a uh, an entertaining match this time nice to see after um, Cal Hero's mishap last week with Crystal and Katie that they are up back being able to join Ryan Von Rocket to the ring. Yes. Hopefully that was something that Cal Hero was able to um, take note of as well later on in the night um, after his losses that while Linda Kay might still be injured, the second infraction, the thing that it, uh, that he's, you know, kind of has, has cemented his guilt about the Linda Kay situation. They're up, they're spinning around with the outrunners. They're, they're, they're not at the hospital. I hope that, I know he's beating himself up about Linda Kay, but I hope that he takes a little bit of solace and that Crystal and Katie are in the ring with Ryan Von Rocket this week. Yes, they, they were both fine. Uh, nobody had a problem spinning around with uh, the outrunners. Everybody was okay walking in heels. So, Cal, don't don't take it so hard. Yeah. Everything will be fine, I promise. Uh, we were live. That He has, like, a gimmick guitar, like, Jimmy Page double. Uh, yes, he does. Like, Epiphone, uh, double, double-necked Gibson thing um, that shoots out smoke. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what he was using. It didn't smell very good. Oh no! If, if the worst so at the if the worst smell at a wrestling show isn't coming from a person, then you know that that was a very kind of <laughs> kind of kind of uh, it's stanky, it's stanky. Whatever he's putting the dry ice or whatever he's putting the cotton candy stuff. Can't you use like cotton candy stuff to make fake smoke? Whatever he's putting in there, uh, it's stanky. Smells real gross. Um, he got the uh, last year's fog juice from the uh, Halloween store. He didn't get the fresh juice. It's yeah, past the expiration yeah, date or something. Absolutely. Uh, Ryan Von Rocket ends up winning that match against Truth Magnum. Unfortunately, that's kind of just the thing that happens. Not trying to put down Ryan Von Rocket as a competitor because I, I love him. I think he's really great. Um, not only at like character stuff, but just like very, very solid in ring. But when you're a tag team guy, Versus a singles guy, sometimes it happens that the tag the uh, tag team guy is going to lose. Yeah, well, uh, that's just kind of how it is sometimes. It's also two straight losses for the outrunners in two weeks, but they're the good thing about the outrunners is that they could probably lose all day, and, and people are people still, still going to love them. Yeah, yeah, like they are they are almost like the definition of being able to take a loss because they're just so awesome, so much fun to watch, so entertaining. Yeah, yeah like they. They, I love, love them, love the outrunners. I know that you boys. This is, this is like one of the first things. Whenever we started to get to know each other, um, and where we were as far as our wrestling fans, where you were like, you know, I like the outrunners, and I was like, oh great, so he has more of a, 
sometimes with older wrestling fans, there's me and you are about 15 years age difference. Sometimes with older wrestling fans, it's, you just want to talk about like the Attitude Era. No. <laughs> so I, it was like very, just to give you a compliment, I don't give you a lot of them, but it was very refreshing whenever we were getting to know each other that you still kept up with new stuff to the point that you knew like small teams. Like, well, yeah. yeah. It's a good good job. I, tr- I try to keep up well, with everything, but there's just so much stuff. There know? is. It's you kind of have to pick and choose. We've done the, the moment and just another moment of reflection of how far we've come on this podcast in the last two months, man. We've grown a lot in a couple months. Yeah, I mean we're we're hitting um, a lot of milestones, not just in terms of like downloads, um, but we just did the tenth. This will be our eleventh episode of recap. Um, we're about to hit ten interviews. We're getting a lot of followers, getting some recognition from people at OVW. Just just want to take a moment to savor that. Another moment here in the middle of the show to savor that. That's really awesome. Yeah. I'm really proud of ourselves. I am too. And I, I feel like we should. We should, uh, you know, to be proud of that because we've put in a lot of hard work and uh, we're not just here talking to ourselves. Other people are actually listening to us and telling us that, hey, we listen to you too and uh, we have a good time doing it. Y'all ain't bad. Y'all ain't bad. As Y'all all right. Uh, there was a big uh, Texas Tornado tag match between two members of the Bad Girls Club, Layla Gray and Jada Spark. They uh, were joined, of course, by women's champion Tiffany Nieves versus uh, the Queen of the North, friend of the show, Freya the Slayer, and her cousin, the Island Girl, TT. A lot of uh, plunder in this match. Big this, fan of that stuff. Th- this match was so good, and there were so many things in there that you could uh, be hit with or attack your opponent with. Um, crutches, trash cans, trash can lids. Uh, I saw some uh, badminton rackets mm-hmm. at one point if you felt like uh, hitting the old shuttlecock back and forth over the, uh, the ropes. You could take a minute and do that if you wanted to. I always like a racket in a wrestling match because it always, of course, reminds me of one Corny. man. Yeah. yeah. Jim and if we're, if we're at OVW and you're having a plunder match and there's not a racket of some sort out there, then you're, you're missing an opportunity. Um, but, yeah, a lot going on in this match. The Texas Tornado tag match means that Basically, the ref is there to make sure no one dies. Um, there's no, <laughs> yeah. there's no tagging. There's no tag ropes, and you can have four or five people in the ring at the same time. Um, plunder, you know, tables, ladders, chairs. Oh my, all kinds of, all kinds of stuff going on. Um, ready for me to complain a second? Well, not really, but you're going to anyway. <laughs> I don't. When, when people are wrestling, they ha- they know what they're doing. And you don't have to tell them to go get a certain implement from underneath the ring because you feel entitled to seeing someone go through that implement. And tonight it was a chair. Whenever you're at a wrestling match, it's cool to boo the people you don't like and cheer the people you do like. Do not tell the wrestlers how to do their jobs. If they don't want to do a table spot, they're not going to do a table spot just because you keep yelling about it. This Which has been did. my TED Talk. Thank you very much for coming. Uh, yeah, I have more. If you haven't noticed, I complain more about uh, the crowd, I think, now than I, than I do almost anything else, just because people genu- genuinely get on my nerves. Um, that's just my, I, that's, that's a therapy conversation. That's a therapy conversation. We don't have to get into that one here. Um, however, when the table spot happened, Tiffany Nieves went through it, and it was 
pretty sick. Haley Gray or Haley J came out and uh, speared her through that table, um, kind of to advance what they had going on. Another kind of perfect uh, women's segment here. It was, and this was uh, maybe one of the best segments of the night. I mean, the match itself uh, had a lot of excitement. Um, all four competitors in there at the same time with Tiffany Nieves outside looking to uh, help her team get an advantage over Freya and Titi. And uh, then Haley enters the fray, and once the table was set up, everybody there wanted to see somebody go through it. And I wanted, I, and that's a, I want to see people go through tables. Sure. I'm just not going to tell people that they need to do it. Well, you would be in the minority because <laughs> pretty much everybody else in that uh, in the crowd last night was chanting and clamoring for somebody to go through that table. They didn't care who it was, but mm-hmm. they wanted to see somebody go through that table, and they weren't disappointed. But I like how. It didn't happen right away. Right. And the anticipation built and like somebody would get close to going through that. And you thought surely they were going to be the one that was going to go uh, through that table. And then nope, nope, it wasn't them. And then uh, just about when you least expect it, blam, there you go. Hollywood, Haley J, uh, Spears, Tiffany Nieves through the table to get revenge for losing the title and uh, we shall see what erupts from uh, from that. I mentioned that we've been really high on the women's division, uh, less uh, uh, for a couple of um, moments that we've been a little critical, but the women's division is by no doubt kind of the hottest thing in OVW right now and has been for a long time, not only in terms of the storytelling, the reaction, and how the crowd reacts to it. Um, and if you would like to hear a little bit about what goes into booking the women's division, like I mentioned earlier in the show, we will have a special guest in a couple of weeks on this very feed, the amazing Maria. You recognize her from Netflix. She does a lot of the booking for the women's division. She gives us a little bit of insight in what it's like to book that division and book a show of Ohio Valley Wrestling from week to week in general. Um, really, really great interview. Really, lo- like, we say this about everybody, a lot of fun. Um, her, her, her interview went places I couldn't have expected no, um, and, <laughs> no. And that's why that's why I said it was my favorite is it you know it's a lot of fun interviewing these people that are in ring week to week but getting the insight the actual insight of how formatting a show or booking a show uh, goes down was a lot of fun and then she was just like awesome <laughs> she was just a lot of fun she was amazing yeah, she, as was, advertised. she was amazing as advertised yeah absolutely so if you're a fan of the women's division or you have questions about like the backstage uh business or what it goes goes into booking uh look out for that that uh interview with maria showing up in a couple of weeks if i could describe that interview or her as a person in one word i would have to choose authentic Mm-hmm. Because the person that you see on the Netflix series Wrestlers uh, pretty much walked right off the screen and into our studio, and she was exactly like I would expect her to be based on uh, that portrayal in the Netflix series, and she did not disappoint. She was exactly who I figured she would be. Uh, she was also very gracious, mm-hmm. very funny, mm-hmm. and irreverent. So I'm looking forward to going back and, and hearing this interview as well. But uh, if uh, if you get a chance, check it out when it drops. And if we said Haley doesn't turn it off no matter what, it runs in the family. 
Amen, amen <laughs> to that. We'll just put it, that we'll leave it there. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned earlier in our recap that we were going to see Revolver and Hero one more time uh, throughout this evening of OVW. It happened during this women's uh, Tornado Texas Tag Team, Texas Tornado Tag Team match. Um, Revolver busts through the curtain. Cal Hero chases him down uh, back through the curtain. So you get a little bit of, of the uh, tease of is Cal Hero now that he's in ring with four different women, is he going to be manipulated into uh, continuing to spiral down this uh, crisis of faith that he has um, by Adam Revolver yet again? Uh, fortunately, that, that, that did not happen. We will see Cal Hero and Adam Revolver at the pay-per-view on Saturday. Um, if you're listening to this Saturday morning, you can find that pay-per-view on Fight TV. Um, even with all of the shenanigans of Adam Revolver and Cal Hero, Layla Gray and Jada Spark still take away the win over TT and Freya the Slayer. Although it wasn't for a lack of trying on Adam Revolver's part, who put TT nearly in harm's way from Cal Hero, who was trying to get his revenge on Adam Revolver. Uh, he stopped short, and she was spared, and uh, ultimately they were able to pick up the win. Yeah, the uh, the way that, of course, um, the Bad Girls Club ends up winning is Tiffany Nieves hits our heroes with a chair, but then she's shortly uh, speared through the table by Haley Jang. Uh, we questioned last week how this main event of this week's show, uh, main event of Hour 2, was going to play out. Is a three-man tag, a trios tag, between Joe Mack, Luke Curtis, and EC3 versus Jesse Goddard's and two mystery opponents. We speculated kind of, obviously, um, I'm not going to say that we are like some geniuses right now because we speculated that the his mystery partners would be Shearer and Cashflow. Which they were. <laughs> Which they were. But, but that, it was pretty obvious. It was, you know, the heaviest of hints that it's going to be mm-hmm. Cash Flow and Shira as your tag team partners. Some Sometimes you don't have to uh, throw a curveball. Sometimes you just have to do what is right in front of you. You know, like uh, having the twist at the end of the M. Night Shyamalan movies doesn't always make it a good movie. It just makes it have a weird ending. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is kind of the opposite of that. It had, we knew last week it had to be Shira and Cash Flow. It turned out it was Shira and Cash Flow. The one thing that did surprise me, though, is uh, there was no scooter. Mr. Pectacular walked to the ring again. Mm-hmm. So I, that leads me to wonder, is he going to ditch the scooter and, and walk like the rest of us full time? And if that's so, can I get a deal on a used scooter? Babies walk, sco- uh, heels scoot. That's what <laughs> it is, man. That's what it is. Um, Jesse Goddard is the team of Cashflow and Shira with uh, Jesse, end up beating Joe Mack, Luke Curtis, and EC3. Um, Something that we had touched in our interview with Luke Curtis that will show up next week on the feed is when you get in the ring with someone like EC3 or you get to learn from someone like EC3 that there's just a very big difference in terms of what they're able to do because of their experiences. Getting to see EC3 live... Um, in this capacity, getting to see him cut a big promo. I, I definitely tried to pay attention to what Luke Curtis had mentioned in that this guy is just 
cut a little bit differently than the guy, guys you see in OVW or, don't, or that don't make it to television on a national stage. Um, I have to agree. The way that he – it's very obvious that he was kind of orchestrating the match, calling the match, making sure everyone got to their spots. He was paying attention to the television time. Um, just from – not only did I really enjoy watching the match, but kind of the business behind the match. It was a lot of fun to watch EC3 last night. And getting to see the NWA Heavyweight Championship in person. Who, like, what a thrill as a wrestling fan. Yeah. The most prestigious championship title in the history of the whole sport. And we get to see it in person. It it was pretty impressive. uh, That'll be two times uh, I'll have seen EC3 wrestle live within the last month. I saw him at a Spot Monkey show in Ohio a few weeks back. And I I got a good look at that uh, NWA title up close and personal and uh that is a pretty sweet ass belt i'm yeah, not gonna lie yeah the 10 pounds or uh what that what they what they call that they didn't call that one 10 pounds of gold back in the day they called it something else i'll have to try to we'll we'll go back in and uh we'll correct that at a later date whenever i finally figure out what i'm actually trying to say um as we mentioned cash flow shira jesse goddard's uh take the victory setting us up for i'm gonna assume something uh, down the road this we're not out of the woods yet on this storyline oh no not at all and after watching uh, wrestlers on netflix and getting a a small peek into the mind of al snow uh, i would not be surprised if this storyline uh, lasted for several months mm-hmm. well into the new year maybe spring or summer maybe culminate at the next big one uh, he he likes to play the long game with some stories, and it's a slow burn, and who knows how long this will go. But uh, it's a very entertaining rivalry among these six individuals, and I look forward to seeing what the next chapter holds. From a storyline or a storytelling perspective, did you think that it was strange that uh, Cash did a majority of the wrestling for his team, being that he's kind of the one with the least amount of history with the Overman? That was an interesting observation. I, he did get a lot of... Uh, Tag in time. I did notice that. Uh, I I was surprised. No complaints. No, no, not, not at all. Cash flow no, no complaints. Anytime you get to see the big man uh, do what he does best, and he, I did get to see him give out a chop to every single one of the overmen, and that was the most satisfying meaty thud he I heard all night. So good for you, Cash Flow. Way to uh, lay the smack down and, and keep those guys in line. But uh, I was equally as surprised at how much time Shira wasn't in the ring. Yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of, an, it's a two-parter. Right, is, right. Is because Cashflow was in the ring for so long, the other guys that um, have less of a history with the Overmen were not in the ring, and especially Shira. Um, Hollywood Haley J, we mentioned, got the biggest pops of the night, but Shira was right up there when he came out. He was, yeah. But, um, whether it be just because he is so when you see him, he's breathtaking. Like when you see, he's just a, a, uh, Oh my God. He's <laughs> an enormous physical yeah, specimen. Yeah, an, yeah. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. He's a, he's a physical specimen of a person and whether it be that he's just so easy to like, or how he's portrayed in the wrestlers, people were very ready or, or how he's been booked throughout this storyline, a combination of everything above people were ready to cheer for Shira. I thought it was a little strange that he didn't spend more time in the ring. I did too. It was. It almost seemed to me like uh, it was 
60% cash flow, 20% Shira, 20% uh, Jesse Goddard's. I might even go 25-15, Jesse Goddard, Shira, in that order. You could very well be right. But uh, the one thing I, I did realize last night after the matches were over and I was able to uh, talk to a couple people because, you know, at the end, everybody is standing by their merch table and, uh, you know, it's easy to go up and, and start a conversation with somebody. Uh, I had to ask, and I was disappointed to find out that uh, Shira's cup holder is still broken. Oh yeah, we did find out. Yeah, th- that it was. It, if you watched Netflix, if you watched the wrestler series on Netflix, you know how much Mahabali Shira loves his car. He takes the care of that car because that car is his baby, and he was visibly upset that somebody uh, broke his cup holder, and rightly so, as a car owner myself. Um, if somebody rides with me and breaks something, it's a little unnerving, but. To him, that's his baby, and something was broken, and here it is a month after the Netflix series premiered, which was shot last year. His cup holder is still broken, and that makes me sad because I know how much that means to him. So good luck, Mahabali Shira. I hope that you remedy that situation. Well, and that's what we do here on the OVW podcast is we break Eric Darkstorm no longer being with the company, and we break that the uh, the cup holder still not fixed. All the hard hitting news at the OVW podcast, the very unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling. Um, this has been a, uh, that that kind of wraps up our recap of last week's television episode. That was television episode twelve sixty two for those of you playing at home. But with the, something that we would like to highlight on the way out is that the PWI lists have come out for this year. Um, that is a list for the top. 500 overall wrestlers, and then there's a separate list of uh, 250 women's wrestlers. Um, the PWI uh, annual list is kayfabe-based, so that's something to keep in mind um, as we go through this list a little bit or talk about this list. But it's also, um, it does have some hard and fast uh, rules that they take into account whenever they're compiling this list. Uh, those rules are just so we're all on the same page, win-loss record, championships won, quality of competition, major feuds, prominence within a promotion, and overall wrestling ability. Having said all of that, in the top 500 list, there were three uh, men's competitors from Ohio Valley Wrestling. That's EC3, Mahabali Shira, and Cashflow, um, according to my research at least. And then in the women's list, uh, we had four women from Ohio Valley Wrestling that were featured in that list. That was Freya the Slayer, Dream Girl Ellie, Hollywood Haley J, and Shalance Royale. Um, big, big deal. Big deal to kind of get featured when you're a smaller wrestler, an independent wrestler. Big deal to get featured in PWI. It certainly is, and congratulations go out to all of those folks mm-hmm. on your hard work. And I want to say that this is, that last year's list had no Ohio Valley women's wrestlers on the PWI, and this year they had four. I, I, I want to say that I'm correct about that. That is I, a, if that's the case, that is a vast improvement, and uh, you, you ladies should be proud of yourselves as the gentlemen as well. You've put in the work, and you're seeing mm-hmm. the results. Absolutely, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Everyone getting on, put on a list like that is, is, uh, is an achievement. Getting any recognition from national or international uh, wrestling media uh, is is an achievement, especially when you're still 
at the stage where you're plugging away town to town, working a job so that you can support your wrestling habit. Um, awesome to see people that we get to see on television every week or get to see live at Davis Arena get some recognition that they greatly deserve. And coming up in 2024, people all around the country will be able to see this live in their home cities. That's Yes, that, that is was true. the big announcement from last week. And uh, I don't know if we, we just kind of glanced on that, but uh, that is kind of a big deal. And uh, I'm, I'm happy for everybody in the OBW locker room. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't wait for you guys to go out and uh, do your uh, national tour because uh, I, I think you're going to have a great time. And I know that the wrestling fans are going to love to see you no matter where you go. And to our Norwegian listeners, write them a nice letter and maybe they'll come over and see you one day. They may. Who knows? I uh, mind if I take us home this week. Please do. I think you did it last week. I'm trying. Let's share some responsibility around here. It's okay. my turn to do the dishes. The OVW Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling, is produced by Black Light Moon Productions at Nuthouse Studios in Lexington, Kentucky. The CEO of Bad Wrestling Takes and Cynicism is Jack Oaks. The CFO of Dad Jokes is Brian Hines. Our studio engineer and editor is Malachi Woodard. Executive producer is Tiny Brian K. Woodard. Senior producer for The Blimp is Victor Anderson. After watching wrestlers on Netflix, visit ovwpodcast.com slash podcasters to find all episodes of our unofficial wrestlers after show. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast, rate us five stars, and give us a review. You can also follow us on all of your favorite social medias at ovwpodcast on things like Instagram, Facebook, and etc. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time.